Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. This is a trusted place for you and your family. As always, if you have a question, you can visit online. Uh, it's a great website. Check it out, Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. Or you can go old school and give us a phone call at 1-800-331-6445. All right, so today we have a, a, an excellent program. You know, last week we celebrated the 400th episode of Senior Care Live, which was just awesome. So, And as promised, we're on the 401st episode. <laughs> and uh, so we have a great program for you here today. We'd like to introduce to you my friend and special guest, Mr. Ben Socheck with Home Downsizing Solutions. And uh, Ben, welcome to the 401st episode of Senior Care Live. Good afternoon, Steve. Thank you for the uh, for having me on, and it's an honor to be on the 401st episode. That's that's very incredible. <laughs> How about that? So, yeah, yeah, been a long time, and uh, and we got a whole lot more in the tank here. So, uh, pretty excited about that. And so, for our listeners, you're going to want to write this information down. I'll, I'm going to ask Ben about his services, and he'll tell you all about that. Uh, but you're going to want to write this uh, this website down and then a phone number. Uh, first of all, you can reach Ben and Home Downsizing Solutions online. It's a really good website. It's loaded with a ton of information, and that is at home downsizing solutions.com home downsizing solutions.com or probably a whole lot easier just to pick up the phone and ben, give ben a call at 402-450-0199 that's 402-450-0199 and ben tell us about home downsizing solutions and 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 what uh, what what service or services uh, do you offer sure steve uh we specialize in buying houses direct from the homeowner. Uh, we, we do not charge any commissions, fees. We pay all the closing costs. 
So I try and be as trans transparent with the numbers as I possibly can be so that uh, when a person does choose to sell to us, uh, once we get to the closing table, there are no surprises as far as the numbers go. Uh, a person will know exactly what they're going to uh, net from the sale of the house, uh, which uh, sometimes if they if you sell a house in a traditional sense, that's kind of a surprise once in a while. You never really know quite what you're going to net and put in your pocket from a transaction until you're at the closing table. And if that's not what you're expecting, then that's typically too late to, to do something else and, and go to plan B. But we specialize in buying houses direct from individuals. Uh, the, the main benefits that we offer, the, the reasons that people choose to sell to us is that they don't have to do any repairs or updates. They can sell the house completely as is. They don't have to worry about showings or getting the house into show ready condition. Uh, they don't have to worry about any appraisals or whole house inspections by buyers, which can then lead to uh, deficiencies that buyers will want to renegotiate agreements from. And a big thing, if a person is wanting to transition into uh, some type of senior care, whether that's a, a new smaller home or a, an apartment community or something like that, sometimes the communities do not, they have a, a room, but they don't have it ready for maybe another 30 or 60 days. And that's a situation where we can typically buy the house so that the seller knows that it's sold, but the owner can stay in the house for that 30, 60, sometimes 90 days until they can transition into that new home or apartment community. So we do everything that we can to make it very easy to make that transition happen. That is phenomenal. And, you know, we're, we're, I guess technically we're just wrapping up with winter and now we're moving into springtime. The reason I don't, uh, I don't need the calendar to know that uh, we had a tornado practically right over my house this last week. So I'm like, Oh, springtime in Kansas. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is usually the time of year that, you know, a lot of people consider selling their house uh, for many reasons. And I, I would just like to focus in on the, on the very specific issue of people needing to sell their home and then transitioning to a senior care community, whether that is independent living or, or assisted living or long-term care, or it could be all of the above in a continuing care retirement community. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of things, no surprises at closing. I have purchased houses and you get to the closing table and they're like, and so what are you going to do? Like you said, you're stuck. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, how much? There's something extra here, and there's, oh, well, don't forget about that. And all of a sudden, you just paid all this extra money, and I'm like, wait a minute, that was not on any of these disclosure documents. And so you really are stuck. I love, love, love that you are fully transparent with your clients, Ben. Yes, that's uh, that's certainly one of the main things that I've attempted to do for uh, for the 20-plus years that I've been in business is that uh, because there are there can be a lot of surprises with a traditional purchase or sale and um, i've always wanted to be very transparent with people so that they knew that if we bought the house and i said i was going to uh, pay them x number of dollars that they would get x number of dollars at closing 
and uh, not get to the closing table and say, oh, well, by the way, there's a, you know, there's a commission here to pay for. There's the title insurance, the title closing fee, the recording fees, uh, the pest inspection and uh, home warranty. And and you can go on down the list. And so uh, that could be thousands of dollars. It certainly can be thousands of dollars. Typically, what I tell any seller is uh, in a traditional sale. And of course, just because we pay them doesn't mean they go away. We take that into account because we have to pay them, or we we do pay them for the for the seller for the transaction. But in a traditional sale, uh, transaction costs are typically between ten to fifteen percent of the gross price of the house. Oh wow! So when a person is when a when an appraiser or an, a real estate agent says, "Well, I can sell your house for say." $200,000, that's a gross number. And so if you take 10 to 12% off that number, that's probably a closer number as far as what a person will put in their pocket than obviously than the $200,000, the gross number. Sure. So the, the gross and, and the net number are, are very different numbers. And a seller definitely wants to look what that net number is going to be versus that gross number. Uh, admittedly, in the market that we're in, it's a very hot market, and so sometimes a person will net more than what they would have maybe a couple of years ago with those transaction costs, just because sometimes people will bid up properties. But in general, that's something to take into account and to keep uh, to keep mindful of when you are selling a house. Well, and, and that's assuming that this house is retail and market ready. Um, a, a lot of my clients have been living in their home for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And guess what they haven't kept up on? They haven't kept on updating the home and updating the carpet and the flooring and changing out uh, you know, old shag carpet, maybe to hardwood floors, updating the light fixtures, and then repair. So a lot of homes are falling in disrepair, and maybe they need a new uh, $10,000 roof. A again, we, we had a we had a tornado kind of twist right over the top of where I live, and we ha that was preceded or uh, yeah, preceded by a severe hailstorm with about 50 cent piece hail as thick and as hard as I've ever heard it. I thought my windows were going to break. So guess what? Out in my neck of the woods, if you're thinking about selling and moving to a senior care community, you probably have roof damage. And now if you want to sell that house full retail rate, you're going to have to have an insurance claim. You're going to have to wait for the roofers to come out to give an estimate. Then you're going to have to wait for the, the roof team to actually be ready. And these guys are booked out for at least a month or two to get the roof uh, taken care of. And then you might have foundation issues. There could be all sorts of issues. There could be a mold issue. All, all kinds of things could be going on in your house. Do you really want to deal with that? Do you have time to deal with that. And these are just some of the issues and some of the reasons that uh, I highly recommend calling Ben Socek with Home Downsizing Solutions. And again, you can reach Ben online and just find out more information at homedownsizingsolutions.com. Or if I were you, I would just pick up the phone and give Ben a call at 402-450-0199. That's 402 Four five zero zero one 
1-800-273-8899. And Ben, I think a lot of people have hesitated moving to a senior care community because of concerns about COVID-19. But those concerns are going away uh, very, very quickly uh, because everyone is vaccinated. So I'm expecting a, a big surge of move-ins. And uh, in, I guess at the same time, people are going to be needing to sell their house uh, real fast here shortly. <laughs> that's that's a possibility with, uh, in general, springtime is is uh, when people start thinking about doing that anyway, when the, when the weather gets better. And with given the past 12 months that we've been dealing with, it certainly could be a surge here. All right, we'll have more with Ben coming up next, but first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. When qualifying for Medicaid, you have to sell your house for retail value in order to qualify. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget you can stream the program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Radio.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. When applying for Medicaid, you have to sell your house for retail value in order to qualify. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. The answer is false. And we're going to get into that here in just a second, but would like to bring back my friend and special guest today, Mr. Ben Socek. He's the owner of Home Downsizing Solutions, and you can visit their website. Really great website, tons of information, and it's super simple to remember. It's just homedownsizingsolutions.com. Homedownsizingsolutions.com or What I would do is just pick up the phone and call Ben directly at 402-450-0199. All right, so Ben, um, let's talk about this issue with Medicaid. Um, Over the years, I've worked with so many, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of families uh, who were going through that division of assets, or maybe it's a single person, and uh, and they're just doing a straight spend down for themselves. But there's always a little bit of a sticking point in, you know, first of all, you don't have to sell your house immediately, but a lot of times you'll want to do that so that you have the cash in hand for that spend down. But uh, according to the Medicaid rules, uh, if you sell your house for anything less than fair market value, the difference is considered a gift. So um, if you're buying a home as is, uh, have you worked with families in the past who are trying to qualify for Medicaid and has this been an issue? Uh, we sure have worked with a number of individuals that uh, were selling the property, whether it was their property or the the adult children that were helping uh, the parent with that. And certainly the, and I'm no expert or, or attorney on this, so I, I'm just going to tell you my experience and, and go from there. 
but it's been my experience that when with their verbiage saying fair market value, as long as we could show that uh, that what we were paying wasn't a re- was a reasonable and in our view a, a fair value, we haven't had any issue. Uh, the way that we've worked with that in the past is the entities, the government entities, have typically not required a a formal appraisal, but what they did want was documentation from a real estate agent that, uh, in realtor terms, would be a broker's price opinion or a BPO that would show the comparables in the area and show from the agent's perspective what the value of the house was, uh, especially in its as-is condition. Mm-hmm. So we've we've documented and the agent that we've worked with would document the maybe the potential value of the house, but then the value that we were providing by paying the closing costs and, and showing what those closing costs would be to the seller in a typical transaction, as well as taking into account the as is value or as is uh, condition of the house. So if it needed that new roof or the, the, the cosmetics such as paint and floor coverings and any other structural issues. So if we've been able to show that it's, it, is a, it, it is an arm's length transaction and where the value is or the justification for our price, uh, we haven't had any issue with that. And um, so that's how we've worked with it in the past. All right. And that's great. And that makes sense because you're buying the home as is. So I think maybe another term that might be able to be substituted is for its net worth or net net value, because obviously you're not going to buy a house that needs you know a lot of updates and repair, et cetera, for retail value. Um, it, this is net of all of the repairs, all of the updates, all the closing costs, all of everything. So what it is just really uh, very much of a convenience. So uh, for all of my friends uh, in in the in the senior care business that work with clients who are going to be qualifying for Medicaid and moving into you know memory care or maybe a continuing care retirement community or, or maybe just an individual you know independent living community or assisted living or long term care community, if your clients are trying to qualify for Medicaid and we're and they're going to liquidate the house, turn that into cash, and then that's part of that spend down. Uh, if your clients don't want to deal with having to leave the house every time a realtor comes over. And there's nothing wrong with this, but it's very inconvenient, especially for an elderly person who may have some health challenges. Uh, that would, that would, uh, when we did it, when I sold my last house, uh, it was so inconvenient. Uh, I, I swore I'll never do that again. So, uh, but uh, if you have clients in that situation, I would encourage you uh, to reach out to Ben, and Ben can give them a fair offer, a fair market uh, offer. You know, in a in an as is condition, and they could have cash in hand very quickly, and then move on to their next chapter uh, and uh, and enjoy enjoy the next chapter here. Reach out to Ben Socheck with Home Downsizing Solutions at four zero. Zero two four five zero zero one nine nine. And Ben, what is the process? So, if someone gives you a call, uh, it, tell us about that process. Sure. The typical process is if uh, once a person contacts us and 
and starts that uh, conversation with uh, looking into what's entailed to sell a house directly to us. Uh, we would take some information, some basic information about the house uh, over the phone, uh, look at what, and most importantly, really look at what they want to see happen. Uh, what's important to them as far as the, the transition from their from their home to their new home, and how they want that to how they want that to happen, and uh, the time frame that they want that to happen. Uh, once we have that basic information, then we would go out, take a look at the house. Before we look at the house, we would typically look at the comparables in the area to see what is sold, what is not sold, what's for sale. Uh, so that we can arrive at a potential value of the house and uh, then, of course, inspect the property. And typically, when we're at the property uh, with the seller and after we've inspected the property, property, we can give them an idea of one or more proposals as far as what we can do for them, uh, what we can pay for them. And we can also discuss at that time, obviously, sometimes working with me is not the right solution. And so that we can also offer other other solutions as well that might fit them better. So it certainly doesn't uh, cost them anything to contact us. It doesn't cost uh, a seller or a homeowner to contact us and see what we can do for them. Um, the, the worst thing that's going to happen is we're just not the right fit for them. And we realize that too. Okay, and I love that. Um, I only have uh, service and product providers on the program that does business the right way. And Ben, you definitely do business the right way. Reach out to Ben Socheck with Home Downsizing Solutions at 402-450-0199. And Ben, thanks so much for being on the program today. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. See, thank you for having me on. And again, if, if I can be of any benefit or service to your listeners, I'd be happy to do so. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Ben, so much. And we'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcasts of all of the recent episodes of Senior Care Live. Again, online at SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so there's a lot of news about the vaccine, so let's roll. And now, Senior Care in the News. A news report from Steve Keeker, president of Senior Care Consulting. All right, so uh, we'll do the Kansas uh, update first. And if you want lots of really good information about the vaccines and statistics and percentages, et cetera, et cetera, just visit kansasvaccine.gov, kansasvaccine.gov. All right, so this is from the governor 
She said Kansas will give COVID-19 vaccinations faster than planned so that all adults with medical conditions can seek shots this coming week. And the state will aim for President Biden's goal of having inoculations available for all adults beginning on May the 1st. And again, that's according to Governor Laura Kelly, and she announced that on uh, Monday, March the 15th. Kelly said the state will launch both the third and the fourth phase of its planned vaccine distribution, uh, again, coming up this coming week. That would be starting on Monday, March the 22nd. And that's a full week before the expected arrival of 100,000 doses of the single-shot vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson. So the combined phase will cover about 600,000 of the state's 2.9 million residents after the first two phases covered twice that number. So some quick math, you know, zero, carry the one. Uh, (laughs) That that means that after phase three and four, we should have about 1.8 million people vaccinated out of the 2.9. So that's almost two-thirds of the population. So that's... uh, that would be a huge accomplishment. So here's phase three. Anyone aged 16 to 64 with severe medical risks. And we talked about a lot of those you know, heart condition, cancer, diabetic, um, obesity, etc. And then other critical workers and then all unvaccinated persons prioritized in the previous phases. So that's phase three. Uh, So at the same time, they're going to vaccinate phase four, and that's uh, adults age 16 to 64 with other medical risks and all unvaccinated persons prioritized in previous phases. So uh, essentially, if you're an adult and you're, you know, you're below 65 and you have one of these any medical risk i I think i think you're qualified i think you're good to go all right and again the goal is to get all prioritized people vaccinated now and then by may the first open the doors to literally anyone wanting or needing to be vaccinated and again if you want more information on that the website kansasvaccine.gov all right, so let's shift gears and let's look at the state of Missouri. And, and both states had movement here uh, recently. So again, the website in the state of Missouri, and again, it, it's a really good website, uh, full of great information. Again, lots of statistics and percentages, et cetera, et cetera. Covidvaccine.mo.gov. So that's covidvaccine.mo. This is out of Jefferson City. More Missourians are now eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. The state moves to, and I don't know why we have to be so complicated in in Missouri. (laughs) I'm not sure why. The state moves to Phase 1B Tier 3 on Monday, March the 15th. So obviously uh, that's already taken place, which makes the vaccine available to an additional 550,000 Missouri residents. 
So several groups of essential workers like teachers and child care providers and grocery store workers are included in that latest group. Tier 3 focuses on vaccinating what the state classifies as its critical infrastructure. And last month, Governor Mike Parson described Tier 3 as including an important part of the state's population, including, quote, workers in many of the industries we depend on to keep our everyday lives operating normally, end quote. So uh, as of uh, this past Monday, March the 15th, Phase 1B Tier 3 includes education, child care, communications sector, dams sector, energy sector, food and agriculture sector, government, information technology, nuclear reactors, materials and waste sector, transportation systems sector, and water and wastewater systems sector. And again, for more information on that, go to covidvaccine.mo.gov. All right, and then it was a good week for updates. Uh, CMS updates uh, the nursing home guidance with uh, revised visitation recommendations. And uh, this came out just a little while back. I just didn't have enough time to uh, share that uh, this past week. But uh, March the 10th, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, commonly referred to as CMS, I never understood why it wasn't CMMS, Center Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, but oh well, that's just me. (laughs) In collaboration with the Centers for Disease Control, issued updated guidance on March the 10th for nursing homes to safely expand visitation options during the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, so the latest guidance comes as more than 3 million doses of vaccines have been administrated within nursing homes thanks in part to the CDC's Pharmacy Partnership for Long-Term Care. So there was a partnership between large retail pharmacies and the long-term care uh, industry and that was re- I heard nothing but positive remarks about that. Just just uh just really efficient. They just really did a great job from everything that I've been hearing about that. And and most of that is completely finished up by now. So I, I think they did a really good job um, with that. So according to updated guidance, facilities, and we're talking about uh, basically, we're talking about independent living, assisted living, and long-term care. And you could have memory care within that assisted living or long-term care level. All right. So facilities should allow responsible indoor visitation at all times for all residents, regardless of vaccination status of the resident or the visitor. Okay, that sounds like it's wide open, but it's not quite. It said, unless certain scenarios arise that would limit the visitation. So here are these couple of uh, glitches in this thing. So uh, unvaccinated residents, and I'll tell you what, I, from again, from everything that I've heard, uh, you know, 95 plus percent of the residents in every place that I've heard of said they raised their hand. They said, Give me the jab. I, I want the vaccine so I don't have to worry about this and I can see my family and hug my grandbabies again. So uh, I think the vast majority, at least in our area, uh, uh, have been vaccinated. But it's your right to decline that, of course. So an unvaccinated resident, if 
the county positivity rate is greater than 10%, and if less than 70% of the residents in the facility are fully vaccinated, that's going to cause uh, that's going to cause a problem and uh, not allow that visit until that county positivity rate uh, changes. All right. The next exception here is residents with confirmed COVID nineteen infection, whether you're vaccinated or not, until they have met the criteria to discontinue transmission based precautions. So, so. Even if you've been vaccinated, you could still contract COVID-19. It's just not going to kill you, uh, and, and which is great. <laughs> but if you're, if you're positive, you're going to have to quarantine and do all the things we've been doing for a year before you can have an in-person visit. So that, that makes sense. And then uh, residents in quarantine. So if you are in quarantine, which means that uh, you, uh, you have been tested COVID positive, again, whether you're vaccinated or not, uh, you, you have to meet uh, the criteria for release from quarantine. And uh, at some point along the way, that was reduced from 14 days of quarantine uh, down to 10 days of quarantine. I've heard some places even reducing that even just a little bit. So uh, the updated guidance also emphasizes that compassionate care visits should be allowed at all times, regardless of the resident's vaccination status. And so that would include uh, you know, someone uh, who, you know, might be on comfort care with hospice. That's probably uh, the most common example of that. So uh, it, vaccinated or not, if you have someone who is actively in the dying process and on hospice, you can visit them. And that is definitely, uh, definitely still allowed. Okay, so uh, the, so there you are with some updates from CMS in the CDC and then, of course, all the vaccine updates and I'll, I'll continue. I mean, this is this this situation is changing. Uh, it seems like, you know, maybe even by the day in a positive way, by the way, we are turning the corner uh, that all the numbers uh, as far as infection rates, et cetera, uh, are just plummeting. So it's really, really exciting. So I'm just happy to continue to bring these updates uh, each and every week or when an update is necessary. All right, I'm going to have some really important information coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right. We tried this last week <laughs> as a new feature, and, uh, and I think it went over pretty well. So uh, let's go ahead and do it again with the Senior Care Live Giggle of the Week. All right, so I actually have a couple of giggles here. We we have to laugh sometimes, right? Because sometimes if you don't laugh, you're just going to cry, and I'd rather laugh. So, (laughs) all right. 
So this one's pretty good. It says, uh, I've reached that age where my brain went from, you probably shouldn't say that, to, oh, what the heck? Let's see what happens. <laughs> right? You kind of turn that filter off and you just go for it and see what happens. So um, I, I kind of do that sometimes. All right. <laughs> and then this next one, this next one's better with the picture. It's a picture of this lady. And she says, I decided to take an aerobics class. I bent, twisted, gyrated, and jumped up and down for an hour. But by the time I got my leotard on, the class was over. All right. What do you think? <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I kind of like it. When I, when I went back and listened to the podcast of that, I was cracking up and I, I knew what was coming. So uh, let, let me know. And also uh, for our listeners, this was Sean Floyd's uh, idea. He said, well, maybe your listeners would like to share some of their jokes with you and then maybe they can email them to you. And then maybe you might be able to share some of them on the air. I thought that was a great idea, Sean. Uh, so for our listeners, if you have some favorite jokes, we have to keep it PG-13, okay? <laughs> Family friendly here. Uh, but if you have some good jokes, feel free to email them to me and I might share your joke on the air. Okay, so we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about Medicaid qualification. Again, I'm not going to get in the weeds. I will have an attorney and some high-level experts on the program, hopefully this next coming month, to really break it down in detail and answer questions, etc. But um, this just drives me like really, really kind of crazy here. I heard again this past week that a well-intentioned person working in a local hospital told a family, quote, if you want your mom to qualify for Medicaid when moving into the nursing home, she will have to sign over her house to that nursing home. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> when... When my client called me up and told me that, I'm like, okay, this person uh, does not know what they're talking about. They just proved it with that statement. So I asked the really nice lady, I asked her a question. I said, what business is the nursing home in? I mean, what, what do they do? And she said, well, they care for people in need. I said, exactly. They're in the caring business, right? They're in the people business and the caring business and taking care of people who need help. I said, do you really think that organization wants to buy or, or have title of your mother's house? And she thought about it. She started laughing. She goes, uh, no, they would not want my mom's house. <laughs> it's... It's in disrepair. We just need to sell it. And I said, well, I'm going to refer you to my friend Ben Socek with Home Downsizing Solutions, and he'll take really good care of you. Uh, and you can you can get a cash offer and uh, you know, close on the property very, very quickly and just move on to the next chapter and have that cash in hand for your spend down. So, so let's just talk about Medicaid and, and some exempt houses. Let me just, uh, exempt assets. Let me just say right off the top, your house is an exempt asset for 12 months. 
Okay, so what happens is is Medicaid says, okay, so we're a federal program administered at the state level, and each state has some slight variations. It's not Medicare. Medicare is your health insurance. This is Medicaid, and for the purpose of these next few minutes, we'll talk about Medicaid when applying for uh, uh, nursing home uh, assistance. So you're you're moving to a long term care community. And, and and you you can't afford the, the full payment or you can't afford it for very long and you're going to need some help there. So Medicaid says that uh, we'll divide your assets into two categories. So your exempt asset is your house uh, for now, all right, up to 12 months, one vehicle, one car, a prepaid funeral plan, a small amount of life insurance, and then all the stuff in your house, like your household goods. And almost everything else is called a countable asset. Just think liquid assets. And that would be considered a countable asset. So if you hear the term spend down, spend down, that means that you your countable assets, and in this case, we'll just say they're $50,000 of checking account, savings, money market, mutual funds, CDs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you have 50000 The number could be $50, okay? Or it could be $100,000, whatever the number is. You would spend that down to 5000 in Missouri. I think that number just changed from four to $5,000. And $2,000 in the state of Kansas. So let's say if you live in Kansas or you're moving to Kansas, once that $50,000 or whatever the number is, once you've spent that down, to $2,000 in the state of Kansas, then you are qualified. So what can you spend that money on? Well, you can pay off debt. You can pay off uh, any mortgage or maybe second mortgage that you have on your home. Uh, You could actually improve your home to sell it if you wanted to, or you could sell it as is, which is uh, probably a good idea in in a lot of circumstances. You can use that cash to buy a prepaid funeral plan so that your final expenses are are fully taken care of. There are a lot of things that you can do with that, but let me say this uh, very, very quickly. So when you move into a long-term care community, also known as a nursing home, on day one, if you have the, in the, the legal languages, if you have the intent to stay, okay, and that's kind of key here with the intent to stay, you are a resident of that state, even if you're moving in from another state. So, for example, my client, her mother's moving from Nebraska to the state of Kansas. And, uh, and again, some more bad advice from the hospital. Well, if you live in Nebraska, uh, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to qualify for Medicaid in the state of, of, of uh, Kansas because you're not a resident. Well, that's also wrong. When you move to the state of Kansas and on day one, moving into the nursing home, if you have the intent to stay, you are a resident of Kansas. Now, the, the family can then sell the home, liquidate that to assets, uh, uh, to a cash asset, and then spend that money down. So uh, I'm not going to get any further than that. But the, the bottom line is the nursing home does not want your house. You don't have to wait and sell it before you move. You can move in and then sell it 
after the fact. So if anyone's putting pressure on you uh, to do that, uh, that's just not necessary at all. And if you want to sell your home fast for a fair uh, price and sell the home as is, again, I would call my friend Ben Socek with Home Downsizing Solutions, and he can turn that house for you very quickly and help you along your way with that spend down and Medicaid qualification. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here for Senior Care Live.